Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. I'm Hussam. And I'm Guillaume. In this podcast, we are going through the fundamental concepts of corporate treasury, which I learned from my experience working at a big four consulting company. And you'll explain it in a way that someone like me who knows nothing about the topic can understand. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey man, how are you? Hey Sam, all good, thanks. What about you man? Very well indeed. It's sunny again in Brussels. Whoop, whoop. We're enjoying the sun. It happens. <laughs> Sometimes it does. And then it hails a little bit in the middle of the day. Exactly. And then it goes back to sun again. And when it's back to sun, then we start recording a podcast inside, indeed. right? To indeed. maximize the sun's effect. Indeed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of podcasts. Yes. yes. So we've had some really interesting discussions so far. You've taken us through corporate uh, treasury overall, mm-hmm. right? Uh, our last few episodes on hedging were super interesting, and a lot of people actually said that they were quite interested in it. Super cool. Topic they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I'd be interested if we go back to another pillar that mm-hmm. we discussed in our uh, one of our earlier episodes, which is around cash management. Yeah. So you said cash and liquidity management overall is something of vital role of corporate treasury. Absolutely. Um, and we said cash liquidity is the availability of cash. Exactly. Right? Yep. So how do you make cash available in a practical sense? Yes. Hosam, I'm quite glad that you brought this topic today. Um, you might know it, but my first job after graduating was uh, a cash management analyst position in investment banking. So my corporate treasury journey began with cash management. So uh, it's a subject that is quite close to my heart. So thanks a lot for bringing it up. So forecasting. Okay. So um, we're going back to some big words again. So mm-hmm. can you break that down for us? Yes. What is cash positioning and what is cash flow forecasting exactly? Absolutely. So indeed, like in many fields, finance and treasury definitely have their jargon, uh, but I'm going to walk you through it and explain. So when it comes to cash management, uh, we already explained that we look at what comes in and at what goes out, right? So we want to be able to plan payments and collections accordingly in order not to find ourselves in a position where we couldn't pay our suppliers, for instance, or any other counterpart for what it matters, uh, taxes, employees, etc., right? Because otherwise... You'd go bankrupt. Exactly. That's what uh, bankruptcy is. It's where you aren't able to pay your expenses or liabilities on time. Exactly. Even if maybe you have the money coming later, the cash coming later. Um, If you don't have it then, your suppliers will take you to court eventually and Mm -hmm. declare bankruptcy. Exactly. Usam, I'm glad you remember very well one of our first discussions, uh, but that's exactly it. I'm going to introduce a new world here today, which is insolvency, when indeed you cannot pay your debt, right? So mm-hmm. this is highly linked. But So indeed, that's what you want to avoid. And so in order to do so, to plan correctly what is coming in and what is going to go out, you need a starting point, right? You cannot just say, okay, in the coming 30 days, I have this 10,000 euros coming in, but I have 20,000 euros going out. I'm in a bad situation. Well, it might not be the case because your starting point may be 50,000 euros, for instance. So, indeed, you will end up the month at 40,000 euros, which is less than what you started at, but it's not as bad as not being able to comply with your payments, for instance. So, what you need is a starting point. We call this the starting position. 
So you have the delta of what you expect to come in and come out, mm -hmm. but you also didn't start at zero, right? You have exactly. money in your bank account. It's like if I open my banking app right now and I said, okay, this is how much money I have in my bank account right now. Mm -hmm. That's my position. I then look at the next month. I'm going to earn this much money. These are my expenses and what I'm going to be left with. Is that, is that the non-corporate treasury? So example? that's, that's uh, very well brought. Yeah, indeed. So... Yes and no, because you pointed uh, a word that is very important to Twitter as well, which is balance. So what you will be doing with what you just described, uh, you will check your bank balance at a certain point indeed. Cash position is the aggregated and consolidated balance of all your bank accounts among all your banking partners in all the currencies uh, and this around the world. Okay, so it's like when you bring all of your bank accounts together and mm -hmm. multiple currencies. Yes. This is the word consolidated. So yes. is that just like the English word consolidate, to consolidate some things, to bring everything together? Mm -hmm. I assume it's in the same Yeah, way. absolutely. So um, consolidated is indeed a quite important word in treasury. Uh, so it's interesting that we break it down a little bit here. Basically, that's the li literal definition of consolidated. Um, so if we take a quick example, I think last time, Sam, you talked to us about your dream of opening a cafe, right? Indeed. With the best pain au chocolat um, in the world. Indeed. Um, and so let's say that you opened it and you became quite successful, probably thanks to those pain au chocolat. Um, so you now decided to open two other cafes in two different cities. Uh, so you now have three bank accounts, right? One for each cafe. Um, let's say you have your bank balance at a certain point with one cafe is 1,000 euros. Uh, the second one, you just opened it, but it's doing well. So there is 500 euros at the moment you're looking at. And the third one, well, it struggles a bit to take off. You have great hope for the future. That's probably what will happen. But as of now, you have minus 300 euros on this account. Mm -hmm. So these are each bank balances. But when you consolidate them, you arrive to a position of 1,200 euros. 1,000 plus 500 minus 300. Okay, so for a corporation, because I guess what I forgot there is that corporates can be multinational or exactly. they at least have multiple branches and therefore bank accounts or even whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it's to consolidate all their cash balances around the world. Yes. Would give them, okay, what is the total group consolidated position that they're at at that exactly. moment, which is all the bank balances together. Yeah. Exactly, that's consolidation. It did done at group level very well, very well pointed out. Yeah. Okay, but you mentioned also the currencies. Mm -hmm. So um, you also have a position for each currency, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you consolidate all these together into one position, I guess. So I see that you start thinking like a real corporate treasurer, Usam, uh, asking the very right questions. So. Indeed, ideally you'd want both, actually, right? You want one global position and one position per currency for the sake of accuracy and visibility. Now, because you may have payments and revenues coming in those currencies, uh, so it's important to have them. The thing is, in order to have the second one, you need to apply an exchange rate, right? Ideally, the one of the day you're looking to position at, uh, because you want an accurate view of what your consolidated group level position is. And in order to do so, um, and let's take here the best in class treasury department, you will get this information from uh, an exchange rate, a daily exchange rate that you will get from an external rate provider, such as Bloomberg that you might, might have heard about already, or Reuters, um, and this in an automated manner, and it will, in your system, calculate how much you have at group level in your reporting currency, right? The one we mentioned in the previous episodes. But so this is getting a bit technical. Uh, I think we should keep it quite high level here, but that's more or less the idea, yes. Uh, a position in each currencies and a position global one. 
would you do it at the currency at the time or would you do it at your hedged currency to bring in the last episode? What do you mean by the hedged currency? So if exactly? you're hedging against your FX rates, yeah. right? If you have a position in the US when yes. your reporting currency is in euros, mm -hmm. you've hedged your currency, you've done a future on your currency exchange rate exactly. that you will get from that com company Indeed. in the US. Yeah. Would you not use the hedged currency? Ah, that's a very interesting one. So the hedged currency and the rates you applied when you contracted with this client and probably yeah. hedged it um, is in the past, right? So you want an as accurate view as possible in the moment. So you'd rather use the one of the day. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, it's a transaction that still hasn't happened. Yes. Um, we are moving a little bit forward here. It will come in the cash flow forecasting section. Yeah. But for the cash positioning, you're really looking at what is happening today. Live snapshot. Exactly. So this is a transaction that has yet not happened, but we're going to come to it uh, okay. in the coming minutes. But coming back yes. so then to cash position. So you, of course, want your cash position to be as high as possible, right? Yes. Uh, because it'll probably give you more flexibility. Right, because like you said in that example, you actually go minus ten thousand. Mm -hmm. You have the space to go minus ten thousand. Indeed. Right, because you had a starting position which was enough to cover that. Yes. Uh, and this way, you can make sure that any fluctuations in your cash flow, you can still pay your suppliers. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So, to a certain extent, yes. Uh, what you just mentioned earlier is you want to your cash position to be as high as possible. Basically, yes, it cannot be bad to have a lot of cash or too yeah. much cash. You'd rather have this than the other scenario, right? Uh, for the exact reasons you just mentioned, um, financial uh, strength, flexibility, uh, you can forecast correctly what you're going to pay and when. But on the other hand, um, I would like to bring in another topic from um, Treasury, which is investment or short-term investment. Sitting on a huge amount of cash isn't always for the best, right? Um, because it can bring very little returns, if not zero, or even negative. We will tackle this in a future episode, but for your information, today, the interest corporate gets from important euro balances are negative. Uh, there is a lot of uh, data to take into account to explain why, but that means that today, the corporates actually need to pay their bank in order for them to hold their cash, the corporate's cash. So, you might want to invest it in the short, medium, or long term on investment instruments to leverage that cash and make it bring you more money. Um, and having a lot of cash actually also says something about the company, right? It says something about the company's projects, ideas, and investment strategy. Having a lot of cash means you're financially strong, but it also means you are not using your money. So would it mean that you are not innovating or putting the money in the right project in order to grow in the future? Um, so... What I want to say is, as a corporate, you want to find that sweet spot between being able to comply with your financial obligations, that's the very first and most important one. You also want to show your financial strength, indeed, but you also want to invest the excess of cash and maximize the returns. Okay, so it's really about finding that balance, like you said, right? Absolutely, yeah. Makes a lot of sense.